Welcome to Performance Mind Unlocked, the interviews, where you get to hear from some amazing athletes from all around the world, all covering all different sports codes, speaking about their journeys, how they achieved, what they achieved, the successes, the failures, the disappointments, the heartache, but most importantly, what was the mindset that drove them, that still drives them to achieve what they did and what they do. We hope that you find this inspirational and more than anything, we hope it unlocks some really deep insights for you. So without any further ado, here's this interview. So welcome to Performance Mind Unlocked in our interview section. And I'm so absolutely excited to have Meg McKenzie on the on the line with us today. It's uh, it's a special treat to have her here because she is not only an amazing athlete, but she's a friend. I've known her for quite some time. We worked together in the coaching space, in the coach training space, quite a few years ago. Hey? How long ago yeah. was that? I think it was about 2015. 2015, wow, okay, so four years. So four welcome. Years ago. welcome. Welcome to a whole different space, Meg. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about, so, so, so officially, what, you're a trail runner? So officially, I am a professional trail runner. Um, some people call it mountain running. And yeah, essentially, I spend my time racing uh, up and down mountains, which is a wonderful way to spend my time. All around um, the world. I mean, uh, all around I, the world. Yeah. I, when 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 I first became aware of of you ditching real life for the dream life, was uh, was you camper vanning through the Dolomites, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. So right. last year I spent the the season traveling in a camper van during the European season, um, and this year the same, although without the camper van. So. Yeah. I've been for the last few years racing a series called the Golden Trail Series, which brings together all the most competitive athletes in mountain and trail running in a six race series with one grand final um, of which the top 10 men and women are invited to. So that's been my focus for the last two years. And have you just done the grand final? I'm about to do it for the second time this okay. coming october yeah in nepal so it's in nepal yeah so it's a marathon distance race in nepal going up to 3800 meters um and coming back down again so yeah so 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 just for those who are getting their heads around what you what you do is not only do you do trail running but you did run up and down mountains and for fun you're going to be running up 3,800 <laughs> meters in the Himalayas. Because it is That's what I do for fun. I mean, let, let, let's, be, yeah. let's be clear about this. Up and down the Himalayas, a marathon distance. Yeah, it's in Annapurna. So um, I don't wow. know if anybody would know the Annapurna range, but it's, it's pretty spectacular. So. Wow, okay. That, and I mean, I, so I've seen photos of Annapurna, so I, I know how beautiful it looks and, and how unforgiving it looks as well so yeah i think it's, it's going to be, be really tough wow. yeah okay. and especially since as i said the top 10 men and women are all going to be there so it's 
tough and intense competition as well. Wow. Okay. How long, so how long have you been doing? So, so it's the last two years that you've been running professionally. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Before that, I was racing internationally, uh, but more on and off. So I'd kind of go for one race, come back and, and do that. So I'd say since about 2015, I've been on and off the international circuit. And only the last two years have I fully immersed myself into that world. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and if any of you know Meg or you, you, you find her on Instagram and you can see just how much she, she's immersing herself in that world. And you, when you see the, the photos of her and you see that massive smile on her face, every time she, she summits some climb, it's, uh, it's, it's really inspiring to see. <laughs> What's well, not to smile about when I'm up there? <laughs> well, yes. And I mean, so, so, so that brings me to, to probably the first question, and, and that is what motivates you? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, I mean, besides the beauty, because I've seen it and, and I can imagine it, you're getting to the top of a climb like that and, uh, and having that unimaginable beauty around you and, of yeah. course, the achievement of having done what you just did. But what motivates you? So interestingly, it's not necessarily the beauty or the achievement of doing all those things. What motivates me is more the, the simplicity and the monotony of small increments of training and learning and the process that really get me out of bed in the morning. And I just love that being in your body every day and using your body so fully can bring so many lessons and ups and downs and challenges. And, um, and although to someone else it may seem quite monotonous doing the training that I need to do, but to me it's so beautiful and um, I love that. I really do. Oh, if you can see the smile on her face as she said that. <laughs> what, what does a typical training day look like, though? I mean, so so when you talk about the monotony of uh, of what you have to do in a training day, what does that look like? So it obviously depends which cycle of. I mean, when in racing season, it's very different to in uh, pre-race or post-race season. Mm -hmm. But uh, in general, I think what I mean about the monotony is with running, it's very much. It's very tough on your body. So unlike other sports, perhaps swimming, cycling, uh, etc., where you can push yourself a lot more on your body because you don't have the impact. In running, you need um, you need to be very gentle with yourself. So it's not always very exciting sessions. A lot of it is just building and continuing to build a as big aerobic base as possible. And that means a lot of very easy, very chilled running that you may not expect uh, a professional run to be doing. So a lot of like 80 minute easy runs day after day after day. And okay. um, yeah, and sometimes that can look pretty monotonous, but it's really not. No. There's, there's so much more in there. And I also do a lot of movement. So I think that the quality of your movement will always improve you as an athlete. So I start my day with 15 to 20 minutes of um, 
quite different sort of movement techniques, not yoga, not strength work. It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. I'm very kind of a back to basic kind of movements, lots of crawling, lots of rolling movements that you would have maybe done as a child. Okay. And I always start my day with that. And then depending on what day it is, I either have easy runs or strides or intervals or hills. Um, and then some strength work as well. I just have to say that uh, you've just mentioned hills and I know I've got a hill session tomorrow and it's going to compare nothing to, to, to what you have, what you have ahead of you on a normal day. <laughs> how do I, so, so, so how do you prepare yourself? I mean, we, we, you know, for some people that they, they may listen to you and, and, and hear an 80 minute because, because not everybody who listens to this podcast is an aspiring professional athlete. The athletes that we speak to or the people that we speak to are literally everybody. So we want to inspire people to become professional athletes, but we also want to inspire people to just start investing in their health and, and, and living a healthy lifestyle and, 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 and moving their body because that's what it's designed for, right? Um, exactly. But so, so when people hear you say 80-minute easy run, I know that some people go, holy, holy crap. Um, and, uh, and others will go, okay, I get that. Um, so for you, yeah. the monotony, or whether it's monotonous or whether it's strenuous, how do you prepare mentally for each day, for each training session? What work do you need to do with your mind? Um, I really try to prepare my mind through that movement in the morning. Okay. Um, with intent so whatever it is i have that day um i prepare my mind accordingly so whether it's a hill session that's going to require a lot of mental strength um i would really use that 15 20 minutes in the morning to decide what i want out of the session um and sometimes it's joy Sometimes it's, uh, I really need to, to push myself. Sometimes it's to hold myself back. Um, sometimes it's to clarify. So I just decide what I want out of each session and I keep that focus and intent throughout the session and stay as present as I can. And I think that's what I mean about bringing, bringing something else to the monotony because it's, it no longer becomes just an easy 80 minute run or just a hill session. There's so much more to it. Mm. If you bring something else to it that you want out of it, whether so, it's physical or mental. So, so I mean, going back to our, 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 our roots in terms of coaching, right? That's talking about setting the context. So, so every exactly. day you set the context for your day by preparing your body with your movements and then not only preparing your context in your body for what is going to follow, but you're also preparing yes. the context in your mind for what is going to follow so that you set the intention for the day ahead. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think it also helps in training because not every day is going to be some hard, sexy workout where you get back and feel like you've really achieved something physically. <laughs> sometimes it has to be the complete opposite. So uh, sometimes it's surrendering to that. Sometimes it's bringing peace to, to that. And it just depends on, on what you're going through in life and what you want out of the session and, and where you are. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So we were chatting just before the, 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 the we started the interview and and I spoke about, you know, going into those dark places. I can imagine when you when you're doing a difficult climb or you're deep into a race um, and maybe things are not going the way you intended or, or you planned. Um, you know, it's interesting how we can handle the dark places when everything is still going according to plan. But when we see people coming past us, when we're, we're not achieving the time splits or, or, or the results that we're looking for, and then we hit those difficult spots in the race, um, how yeah. uh, psychologically that darkness just becomes so big. Um, yeah. What happens to you when you hit a wall during training or, or when you're competing? What happens, what happens to the quality of the dialogue in your head? It's very natural for it to go dark and negative. Yeah. And I think through practicing and through experience to catch yourself when it's doing that and to realize that it is just doing that, it doesn't mean the end of anything. It's just a matter of catching it. And I love to ask myself in, in training and in races when I hit those kind of patches, what can I replace these thoughts with that will help me to go faster? And I don't know what comes out of it. Sometimes it's, I don't even know, but it's yeah. just that thought process that really helps. Sure. Um, yeah, that shift, exactly. Yeah. And I also spend a lot of time beforehand deciding how I'm going to deal with those because I know they're coming. So often it's just a smile. So I decide before. I know this is going to suck at some stage and I know it's going to suck more than I can even imagine that it's going to suck. How am I going to, what am I going to do when it gets there? And 10 times out of 10, it's, I'm going to smile and I'm going to be as brave and courageous as I can. And that's all I can do. That's amazing. So I was going to, I was going to ask you while you were speaking, what came up for me was to ask you, what do you, how do you handle fear? Because fear must come up at times, I mean, not fear for safety, right? But uh, but just, I don't know, fear, fear of failure, fear of letting yourself down, fear of letting others down, uh, fear of not yeah. achieving your goals, I don't know, whatever. How do you handle fear? Yeah. Uh, I, I laugh at it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just fear and and whatever fear it is as you said it's not of your safety and of your life so really if you if you zoom out and think in the big scheme of things what is it that could possibly be so scary so if it's fear of failure so what failure is great in fact my coach told me at the beginning of this year that his goal for me was to fail spectacularly on the international stage <laughs> so that I could learn how to fail. And it did happen in my first race this, this season. Okay. I didn't finish. I went in with high hopes and I was fit and I was strong. And I was expecting a podium at this particular race. And I got to 14 Ks and I was in the medical tent. And I that was a massive failure for me, yeah. but it taught me that 
failure is great. It really is. That race taught me more than any other race I've ever done in life and in running and racing. So I'm really thankful for it. What was your greatest learning out of that? You know that 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 saying, failure is an opportunity to learn. Yeah. I've always just thought of that as words. And I've read it and I've thought, meh, I don't really get that, but whatever. Just another oh. cliche. Yeah. But it it really was. I I put all my my subsequent success down to that failure. Um it taught me how to bounce back. It taught me how to how to start a race differently, how to start more conservatively. It taught me how to trust myself. It taught me how to use my support system. Uh and it taught me that Although you fail once, it doesn't mean that you're a bad athlete. It was just a bad day. And you can yeah. bounce back and carry on and throw yourself just as much as you did before into the next one. Yeah. If you're, if you're willing to. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It Sounds was like great. That's great. Sounds like you won gold. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so changing the gear slightly uh in terms of in terms of the conversation you're you're one of the nicest people i've ever met you i mean i mentioned it so many times you've got this this beautiful broad smile you're always open and warm and friendly and and i really i've that's my experience of you in, in the years that i've known you but I'd, I'd love to know how you become when you're competing so, <laughs> So, so, and 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 I and I follow right on Instagram. I follow your relationships with your with your with your competitors, uh, and, mm. and you're friends with them. And I I know yeah. what that's like. Um, what happens when it's it's you and them running up the mountain, and you see that you have a competitive <laughs> or a potential competitive advantage? What when you see that advantage opening up? What do you do? I love these questions. Um, <laughs> They're so spot on and I, you're right. Um, some of my competitors are some of my best friends. Yeah. And, um, it's just, it's a game, right? I mean, it's, we all want to win. We all standing there on the start line wanting the same thing. So I guess when you're in it, you're just so, I'm so deeply in it that everything else falls away. And um, I'll dig as deep as I can and I'll do whatever I can to, to get what I want because that's what I want. No questions asked. So, and I know that everybody else is on the same page too. And everyone yeah. has utmost respect for that. Yes. They don't see it as anything nasty. Um, in fact, at the last race, the girl behind me, who I'm really good friends with, I had a little slip in the mud and she came past me. And after, and then I passed her back. And after the race, she said, I'm so sorry I didn't help, stop and help. And I was like, Em, it's a race. Don't you dare <laughs> ever stop and help me. <laughs> yeah. So I think just that, you know, it also comes down to, uh, if you're 
supportive of everybody and if everybody's on your team and you're on everybody's team then no one can lose because you want the best for yourself you also want the best for everybody else so no matter what plays out that day it's going to be awesome yeah i mean that brings such a different dimension to the, the question because really where where this conversation almost was intended to go was so so where's the killer instinct right is there a, is there a killer instinct in me uh, yeah yes there has to be yes and i see it there oh there's a there's there's a fire in her eyes now <laughs> but but and, and and that's amazing but what i'm also getting out of that is it's just simply an expression of giving your best in the moment and not even a relationship with another person is going to get between you and giving your best no yeah that's phenomenal i also on that note though would never sacrifice uh my personality for a result um i would rather be the person that i am kind caring empathetic and happy uh, i don't think i could change it but i wouldn't want to either just to win or just to get a result yeah, but i don't think i have to either and no. i think that's a common misconception is that you kind of have to have that Ugh. yes uh, and you can have that but you can have it in a very respectful kind way that brings support and love to everyone around you too yeah so what is your greatest athletic achievement you said you made the the grand final at the golden trail series last year Hmm. like what is your most prized medal that you have oh that's such a tough question it's um you know what i think i would actually say it was at mont blanc marathon this year okay because it was the race after the the dns yes and um I was in a really dark space and really had to work hard at my mindset going into the next race, which was only three weeks later. And I'd given up almost everything to, to race the series. And I believed in myself getting to the first race, not finishing and then having to carry on and be alone overseas and keep training instead of just jumping on a plane and calling it quits. But going into that next race, I had about two hours of sleep before because I was so anxious and nervous. Um, I did wake up for the race and I came sixth, which was in my mind, like the greatest thing I could have done that day with what I had. What did you learn about yourself in that? I learned that Uh, no matter what, I can bring that focus when I need it. Even if I'm not feeling like it's there or all the circumstances are pointing in the other direction, that I still have this ability to 
bring utmost focus, determination, and fight to that day and to rise to the occasion. And I'm really proud of that. Well done. Thank you. It, it reminds me of, a, of, a, of, a, of an advert um, from a long time ago. Uh, and I think it was a Nike advert where there's this guy running up a hill and actually trail running. <laughs> um, he's running oh, up yeah. this hill and, and it's steep and, uh, and, he, and he kind of makes it halfway and, and he pretty much collapses and, uh, and he's got nothing left. And then he looks up the hill and he sees his sh a shadow of himself running past him. And, uh, and he says to himself, I'm not done. And then he continues up the hill. And just those words, I am not done. I'm not done. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Was that was that and the greatest that. pardon? I still have that. I find that after every race, even when I do really well, of course there's a sense of satisfaction, but there's also a sense of like, great, but I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're yeah. talking uh, we were talking to to the, the Ironman athletes that I'm working with at the moment and and, and for me, it was the only goal was doing the Durban half in June this year. And, and that was it. It was a once-off done deal. And, and from there, of course, it metamorphosized into, well, of course, I'm going to do a full Ironman now. Um, but now I'm already looking at, okay, so what is the step beyond that? There's always that stretch. So, so I know it's, it's a given for me that... Um, I'm going to do the full Ironman in PE in March next year, and I will finish it. So DNF is, is really not on the cards. Of course, anything can happen, right? And, I, and I'm aware yeah. of it. But, uh, but, you know, things are looking pretty good in terms of the training and all of that. So assuming I finish, then what next? And, and I'm already having those, those conversations about, so what's the next stretch? Do I become more competitive? Do I take on more races? Do I go for bigger races? Yeah, what's the stretch? Because I'm not done. Yeah. What drives that for you? In fact, let me let me change the question. What is your driver? What is your why? Why do you do what you do? I find it fascinating. And I love it. And I'm curious about all the things that go into it. It's not just the uh, sense of achievement or the accolades, of course not yeah. it's it's that i'm like deeply fascinated by the mind and the body and limitations and what i can do with this opportunity and this talent that i have and uh i think it's that curiosity that that drives me yeah and that love of of that process is that what you rely on sometimes in, 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 in the, so obviously to, to stretch you to the next level. So, so when you, when you, when you DNF in one race and then you come sixth at, uh, at Mont Blanc, um, is that the stretch to say, okay, so in the next race, how can I, how can I use this process to grow myself? Is it also yeah. driver when you, you're looking at a DNF and you've got to lift yourself up? To get to Mont Blanc all alone. Yeah. And also, when you do start 
to do better than you thought that you could. That's, uh, in fact, earlier you asked about fear and that's scary. Like suddenly when you find yourself in third position in a race, like that's scary because <laughs> now you have to do it. Yes. You can't let go now. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you're in fifth or sixth, you're like, ah, well, cool. This is what I expected. But when you're doing a bit better than you thought, like that's when you really have to give everything of your mind and body. And um I think your question is was uh what what continues to drive me and it's yes. it's also a bit of that. So I've I've had a little taste of what it feels like to be there, but I want to see what else, what more is there to learn? What more can I do and learn and then share with others and my clients and my friends and um about about that? Yeah. So yeah. That's a huge driver for me. And that's an important thing. So you, you've dropped something small in there, but I, I think it's, it's very important also to bring that to the surface. So we, we, we're speaking about you as the athlete, um, but you're also a coach. Mm -hmm. give, give us a, a, a little punt of your, your coaching business. Tell us a little bit about the coaching that you do. So I have a coaching business called The Run Project. And uh, my business partner and I coach together. Um, we have about 100 athletes that we work with. And they are all mostly runners. Some road, some trail, some obstacle course races, some adventure races. And we have a very holistic and hands-on approach where we are in touch with our athletes every day or every week, depending on what they want. And um, we, we coach, we don't just write programs. So I think that differentiates us from, from many other businesses in that we really get to know our clients as people and take into account their entire lives rather than just their running lives. And um, help guide them through towards their potential and their their running and life happiness. What uh, is there a story uh, out of some of the coaching that you've done that stands out that you'd love to share? You know, obviously without breaking confidentiality, but uh, something inspiring or some great lesson or? It's quite hard to think of a, a one-off experience but i i in general the most rewarding thing that i see from the athletes that i coach is when they start to realize how how consistency brings happiness i mean obviously all runners love running yes so the more they can run the happier they're going to be <laughs> in general yeah. But a lot of people get into a cycle of doing too much and then experiencing illness or injury. Yes. And uh, that stops them from running for a period of time. So we aim to really hold them back so that they can run consistently 
and through that they both progress and can live happier lives because they're doing what they love to do so i love when that breakthrough occurs and when they realize okay that's cool i'll go for a 30 minute run today because i want to do my 60 minute run tomorrow not i'm gonna do a track session today and be injured for three weeks um so that's something that i always love experiencing with people when they have that breakthrough and I guess also when people uh, start to grow in confidence in themselves and their abilities, no matter what stage they are in their running career or anything, uh, when I can see that they start to be more confident as people, that's really rewarding too and wonderful to see. It's, it's almost, I mean, while, while you were speaking, I was thinking of, you know, so athletes will sign up with a coach because they want results, typically. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and it's amazing to, to hear the, the, the different language that you're using where it's where they see that consistency doesn't bring results. Consistency brings happiness. Or yeah. they develop as people um, into, you know, more self-confidence, um, self-assured, uh, feeling more successful internally. And, and, and I guess that's, that really speaks to the true value of what we do, right? Because yeah, it's, of course it's about the results, but they're secondary to very secondary. Yeah. Or even tertiary, you know, kind of third, as long as we are, as long as we're growing, as long as, and, and that's why performance mind exists is, is, is to really highlight the experience mentally intellectually psychologically that we go through and how we grow as people through the sport that we do and then of course uh you know achieve results as a byproduct of that yeah and there are results are so so unimportant because no one's going to remember and not even you really what you did and even your closest family and friends probably won't even remember what you did and what you will remember and what they will remember is the kind of person you are and what you experienced and what you were able to share and give to others. Um, so really that needs to be the focus. Yeah. Results are, yeah, they're just whatever they are. <laughs> And this is Meg speaking from her heart, not as a sponsored professional athlete, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the, the contradictory thing is that, like, the less you care about the results, the more they come to you. Precisely. You go into a race wanting that first place. or I mean, of course, you've got to want it and believe you can do it. But the more you expect it and hold on to it and, like, you just crush it. Yeah. You have to just go into it believing that you can do it, but that it really doesn't matter at the end of yeah. the day. You're still going to wake up the next day and you're still going to make breakfast and you're still going to have friends and you're still going to have family. So. So, so one of the final questions I had was to ask you, what is the one thing that you wish all athletes knew that would help them lift their game? Did you just answer that? 
yeah, I just, I think it's so important that athletes don't put all their self-worth and um, self-worth into a result. You're not your results. You're not defined by your results. You're defined by the kind of person that you are, the actions that you take. And uh, so really, if you think about it, just go for it. Doesn't really matter what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. What are the three words you never want to hear? Hmm. Very interesting question. Uh, you shouldn't try. What's the one word you always want to hear? Yes. <laughs> ah, great. You passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> and I said oh, that's not from coaching. Word. It's not from Master One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I went to from here. So you, you headed out to in, in a couple of weeks. You headed out or shortly to, yeah, to Nepal. Yeah, three weeks time I leave for Nepal and the final is on the 26th of October and so I'll be there racing up and down Annapurna or thereabouts. How, how do we watch that race? Do you know? Is there, a, is there an online? Um, so for most of these races they have had a live streaming but okay. for some areas and I suppose Nepal there won't be great signal. So yeah. what they do then is they take footage and they create a 24 minute video that comes out afterwards. Okay. So if there is no live tracking, there will be a recap 24 minute video on Supersport, YouTube, and etc., okay. where you can find find what happened in the race. Well, I'll be I'll be following closely. What what's Thank next you. for you? So so you you race in Nepal, you you do the you do the grand final and walk away with that result and those learnings. And yeah. and then is it off season? Do you start preparing yeah. for the new season? So then I'll take a few weeks off and really try and regroup again, recharge, and then I need to decide what I will be doing next year, whether it will be again the Golden Trail series or if I'll choose standalone races that inspire and motivate me. Um, so I just need to weigh that up and decide which route I'm going to go. But it will definitely involve another international season of sorts. Okay. I'm just not sure if it will be the series or not. Okay. Okay. Well, you'll, have to yeah. us, uh, you'll have to keep us posted on that. Where can people follow you? What What are the social media channels? Uh, you can find me on Meg McKenzie One on Instagram and Facebook, Meg McKenzie. And my coaching business is called The Run Project. So www.therunproject.ca.za. And um, yeah, that's that's where I am. So give me a shout. Thank you so much. Meg, thank you. Thank you for your time. And, uh, and thank you for you. You've been such an amazing well of... Uh, of wisdom and information. It's been great chatting to you.
Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. I hope that it added insight, perspective, and some value that you can walk away with. If it did, then please subscribe here so that you can access all of my podcasts, recorded and future. And why don't you follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Rienzo Colpo. That's R-I-E-N-Z-O-C-O-L-P-O. And then while you're there, why don't you drop me a comment, share your thoughts, share your challenges, and please share what you'd like to hear more about. To achieve all of your potential and to start believing in yourself, I want to support you to unlock your mind and to train a performance mind. So I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for your time. And remember, in the words of Elliot Kipchoge, no human is limited.